0: Hey folks. Welcome to the rabbit hole. This is a special throwback edition, while your regular host, Michael Nunez, is out on paternity leave. With Baby Geo. Baby Geo. Yeah, I got William here with me today. We're we're thinking back to past episodes that we really enjoyed over the past year or so. Some of our favorites and the most heavily downloaded. Oh yeah. So today we're we're thinking about throwback episode with Dan O'Connor, but before we get into it, like uh, we're gonna have a quick Zach attack in absentia. Uh, don't, don't don't do the horns. Don't do it. Zach. Don't do don't do the horns. Get out of here.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that was the horn. Oh my Come god! On, Zach. god Zach. Get out of here. Okay, so Dan O'Connor is actually going to be participating in a New York Tech debate coming up next Tuesday. Yeah, this coming Tuesday. That's this coming Tuesday, the 15th. Be there or be square. Yep. At Workbench, as usual. What's the time? Time is, I think things get rolling around 6.30. Got some pizza, got some beer. It's going to be a good time. Uh, We're going to be talking about DevOps. It's a tech debate with DevOps. We got a heavy hitter from IBM. Tom Lawless. Tom Lawless. Wow. What a name. And we got Dan O'Connor, the man himself. A legend, honestly. <laughs> so it should be good. Come on out. So this throwback, we're going to be digging into episode number 76. Stop talking about tech debt with the legend himself, Dane O'Connor. The man, the myth. <laughs> we talked a bunch about tech debt during 2018, and now we don't ever have to talk about it again. So thank you for that, Dane. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like... There were there were a lot of great points that Dane brought up in this this episode which you'll you'll check out soon. Yeah, I think his point about developer autonomy and the way that using tech debt or abusing tech debt can remove that autonomy and give control of the decision over to non-engineers can be a really dangerous thing. I think that was a really good point. Dane's also just a really charismatic speaker who's easy to listen to yeah watch out for him yeah like i i l I love that like it's like Ken Beck says uh you you wanna make the change easy and then make the easy change, and that's our professional jurisdiction, so you know the business will tell us what value they need, and we'll tell them how to get that value in the easiest way, yeah, that's how things should be run, so yeah let's let's uh, hit the button and start hearing some dance techno intro music.
2: Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast in Fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co host today, Dave Anderson. And today, we have to stop talking about tech debt once and for all. That's it. Yeah, this should be the last 15, 20 minutes we spent talking about Tech Debt. Please.
0: Oh. We oh, got oh, wait. wait. Someone just burst into <laughs> the room. Just cutting us I, off.
1: <laughs> I have such a reaction to this, I had to just jump right in. There you go.
0: There you go. Where'd <laughs> you come from,
2: Dane? Dane, <laughs> yeah, you just appeared. We talk about Tech Debt. You're mad. Before we begin, we have a guest today, Dane O'Connor. How's it going,
1: Dane? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You sound uh,
2: really upset.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm a consultant. I recently relocated to New York. I've been doing full-stack development and DevOps engineering for about 15 years. I've also managed teams as large as 30. And I've worked for a large variety of companies from venture-backed startups to Fortune 50 companies. And so, like I've seen a lot of different organizations and their approach to this problem. And I am thoroughly convinced at this point that it is causing more harm than benefit. Uh, yeah. And I think we absolutely need to eradicate this from our vocabulary. And I hope to convince some people, <laughs> some people, by the end of this, to never use the term again and be triggered like I am.
0: <laughs> so you've, you've had some conversations. I mean, yeah. we, we've had some yeah. conversations too. We, had, we have two episodes, actually, we've talked about this. So we've, we, we're, we're continuing to talk about tech debt. <laughs> I guess we need to <laughs> like stop. Number, uh, yeah. number 67 on Tech Debt and Trust with Madeline and Sam, which was... Yeah, so
1: this is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I have actually talked to Madeline and Sam. I, I love those guys. I would say that, you know, is an interesting talking point in that in that podcast, talking about trust, because I think tech debt, the way we currently use it today, fundamentally breeds mistrust on teams. And people often have... Like a, they've been taught or the theory is that it actually cr- helps create trust. And I just think the reality is today it's the opposite.
2: Right. Because I mean, how many, how often have we had built out the feature and then go to our project manager and said, hey, we have to build this thing, but it's going to accumulate some tech debt. And that's probably all that project manager hears all the time that there's tech debt everywhere and we're doing it on purpose. I guess.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, so in, in, in my experience, what ends up happening is tech debt is, is used as a placeholder, a convenient placeholder to, to make excuses on many sides of the table. You know, in an organization, you have a lot of different departments trying to deliver products to customers. And uh, tech debt can become this thing that people talk about that is the reason for all the problems, Like tech debt is the reason why it's slow to deliver something or it's the old developers who created this tech debt, like it's a way to abdicate responsibility. And it's weird that we promote it to a first-class citizen like we do because the conversation revolving around tech debt is so one-sided. The engineers understand what, what we mean when we say tech debt. But the term is so loaded now that none of the other people, like the people who are least qualified to have a conversation about tech debt, are now all of a sudden involved in the conversation and feel that like they're actually making the call. That's yeah. another weird thing yeah. too, right? It's, so,
0: so what what does like the worst case scenario look like then? Like, so yeah, oh, oh man.
1: Okay. Right. So, yeah. Worst case scenario is. The uh, engineering team is trying to deliver feature. This is like, I feel like almost every organization where you want to hit a deadline. <laughs> you're taking on explicit tech debt because you think if you write it down somewhere, you're going to get the opportunity to invest in it in the future. You mm-hmm. write down tech debt. You talk about it like a first class citizen. You plead with the product owners uh, or the different stakeholders in the organization to actually tackle it at some point, And then you never do. It, that alone can... We've created this thing that can ultimately destroy morale because it's like removing the agency over the technical product from engineering teams. Yeah. It's it's
0: like cognitive load. Yeah. Like just building all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just always building. Never refactor. Always building. Yeah. Although, like, I, I did work at a place where we actually... We, We we came in and we were working with them and we looked at the the tech debt board and we talked with them and we're like, Are we ever gonna do any of these things? It's like, no.
1: Oh no. Just just maybe that's even worse. Maybe that's even worse. Where everyone knows that it's not gonna be done. Right? (laughs) right. Like you're writing it down and there's not even the perception that you're gonna get to it. Right. (sighs) I mean
2: I think like a lot of the time I find that if I'm working on, say, a feature that is accumulating some debt and potentially to hit this deadline, and let's say we have a V2, for example, if I have to go back and touch that code that has the tech debt that I wanted to tackle, then my estimations will be included in me taking on that debt as well. Yeah. and But it's, I feel really dirty knowing that I was like, yeah, I could, this could be done in X amount of time, but I want to do this one thing. So I have to say why and come up with good reasons for that and play that card.
1: Well, so, and, and, and why is that? What, what, in, in my experience, the reason for that is that there is an implied assumption on how long something might take. Right. Which is devoid of the context of the current problem at right. hand. Yeah. And this is what, you know, this is what we would acu- talk as accumulated tech debt. Like, oh, now something's going to take longer because we took on some more complexity. Right. But I think that that is like a really bad way to reason about it. It's a fundamentally past oriented perspective. So, you know, even the term debt, right? It's like a decision was made in the past and we need to pay it off. Right. And a lot of interest. Right. There's interest, right? Like that's the common framing. And like I think a lot of us agree too that sunk cost is not a good way to reason about what you should do next. Right. And, so, like a creating this list of things that you may want to do because you know it makes it more complicated, uh, it's going to take longer to do things, it feels painful to reason about it that way because that's not what anyone really cares about. No one cares about making things a little cleaner for developers. They care about outcomes. And right. the developers also should be oriented around that as well. And I, and I, I, I think what, what you were getting at, Bobby, with yeah. the whole the sense of feeling dirty by padding your estimates to tackle the tech debt. And I feel like that it's clear that tech debt is a problem because you feel dirty doing that right. when you know you have the technical knowledge, you know that's the right thing to do and you can make the judgment about the timing. And so the estimate really sh- it's not padding it. That is the estimate. Right. I would love for the industry to be treating that as the real conversation and not creating some artificial line between delivering a feature and delivering the feature well.
2: Right. And I think like even when that the problem that exists right now is if I make a certain estimate and like the the, the project manager knows that I'm doing it because of tech debt. Then, like every single estimate that I make could be done because I want to tackle the tech debt. So then, there's like no trust there either. Like, wait, is that estimate real work or is that because you want to go do some tech debt? Like, it like yeah, becomes that yeah. whole thing, and it's just right? like mistrust happening in that regard, and then it gets really, really awkward at, at yeah, the end of the. Rest and of it's me. like
0: something. It's like, oh well, tech debt is something that developers want to work on. Or like it's uh, a false choice, right? Or, or like it's like tech debt is okay. Temp tech is a is a time that we have set aside that we can work on just these technical things and. Sometimes the uh, I've 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 had sprints where we've worked on Tecta, and I feel very empty at the end of it. Like I don't feel very satisfied. Like m- maybe some things, like I, you know, reorganizing the folder structure as the project grows. And then it's like, okay, well now what do I do with these folders? Like <laughs> well, and uh, so, and, and, fill and, them up. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: so I've actually I've definitely been in that side uh, on that side of the table. And I will say that it's, it's because of the framing. It creates this false choice where it's like you either work on forward momentum for the, thing, the, the valuable thing that you're creating, or you work on tech debt. And it's like, do we invest in one or the other? When the reality is you're always investing in tech debt. And you can also make the argument that every line of code that's written is tech debt.
0: Oh yeah. 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 Right? I, I love that argument. Like the, the best line of code to maintain is the one that you never wrote. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, like the... this is just your your this is your product <laughs> that you're working <laughs> on. It's and and the thing that's weird is that like I feel like tech debt implies that there was a perfect there was a perfect implementation. You saw it and you chose not to do it because, mm. because why? Because you were lazy? Like the reality is you saw another, an alternative implementation, but it would take longer. And that's not what the business needed. They right. It needed right. a shorter implement. And that's like, that's okay. But then when you go back and say, oh, this was tech debt. It's like, no, this is, that's a sunk cost. You, you made the, you made the smart choices. You're not blaming the previous uh, engineering team. You're not blaming your previous self. Like that's another thing that sucks with tech debt is you have to like (laughs) go to the product owner and you have to be like, uh, yeah. So this thing that I made has like all this problems that's going to make it terrible for us to work on this going forward. Unless you give me like free reign to do whatever I want. Right. What a terrible position. (laughs) And it's
2: like, wait, you did the mistake too. How do I trust that you're not
1: going to do that again? Right. As opposed to like everyone. You you probably won't also. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it seems it just seems like everyone could be on the same side of the table, and like even promoting this to be a first-class term in our language creates a a barrier and a, and a reason to mistrust each other.
0: Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? It sounds like there there is no trust. <laughs>
1: I mean, all right. So, yeah, there's things that people may, uh, I do not want people to think that I'm arguing for because in my conversations with people, they they immediately suggest, oh, well, what should we call it? And it's like, no, the problem is making this term a first-class citizen. And so, there is a path forward and that is to change the frame under which we have these type of conversations. I think both engineering teams, design teams, product teams need to be all focused on the outcome and it's and be okay with the fact that previous decisions may make it difficult to deliver new features in a particular area of the code base with the understanding that we made those decisions smartly they were not a mis- it was not a mistake it was using the best information that we had at the time to make this call mm-hmm. and then now going forward When a product owner comes to you and they say, hey, we really could use this feature, it would help drive some metric, right? Right. You just tell them, honestly, this part of the code base is complex. And I think it's going to take longer to deliver the feature than you think. And then when you lay out all of those things, the team can agree as a unit on which features are the right thing to invest in. As opposed to the product owner getting in their head that, oh, I could just keep on accumulating tech debt. I could just like accumulate a little bit more and maybe I'll get this out the door. Right,
0: right. I mean, I guess also like America is not... Like, known to be good, like with fiscal responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. We (laughs) could always get a
1: little bit more. We could just print a little more money. Yeah. yeah,
0: Just bump that interest rate down a little bit. You know, I I mean, I think that. Too big to fail.
2: Yeah. Too big to fail. (laughs) I think that a lot of the time, though, I mean, I think you, uh, Dane, you brought up a good point earlier about looking at a particular choice, seeing an alternative that's like, faster and then which ends up being tech debt in the code base. Uh and I think that part of the issue is can be from like pressure from the organization and that you need to keep your word with the estimation that you said you were gonna that the team said they were gonna do. So if you see something that's gonna take two days, you would want to finish it in two days. But if you realize that after, you know, getting getting all the context of the particular feature in and seeing that it's going to take more than two days if you did it this right way. they you're like, wait, but I have this this tool in my toolbox. And that's going to be future Mike's problem, not, <laughs> not present Mike's problem. And then you do that and you keep building it. But I think uh, you brought up a good point of just like letting the product and the project manager know, like, hey, we got to touch some piece of the code base. It's going to be pretty hard, but we could do it.
0: Yeah, right. I mean I like I like looping product in on like the trade-offs that I'm making because there's always trade-offs like there's always many paths forward and like, like the story I was working on like very recently we we're like looking at like grouping different sets of items together uh, based upon properties and it's like I could do this by ID or I can do this by the string description of the ID and mm. it's like okay like the ID is like more correct but like I feel like the string one's going to be faster and maybe it'll actually be better for the business too, in some ways in a weird way. Right. So it's like, okay, this is kind of tech debt. I could label it as tech debt, but that doesn't feel right. Cause it's just like, this is a decision I'm making You're right making now. You're making like a
1: good call. Yeah. A good call. Like why are we calling that debt? Like yeah. why are we calling
0: that a mistake? Like I, I saved present me like a day's worth of effort and, you know, got that thing done.
1: Right. And so like, And that's like another thing related to to outcomes, right? So, let's take the scenario where, you know, we do get that magical time to invest just in tech debt. Right. Uh, Like, first off, I got to say, like, that already bothers me because, and I I, I may have, I I think I said this earlier, but I don't like the idea that we would delegate a decision about when to invest in tech debt to someone who's not really qualified to make it. It's kind of along the same lines of what you were just saying, Dave, like- You know, looping product in is great, but like having product make a call on that, it's really like in your court and it's great that you made the good call. But let's take the scenario where we get a full, you know, week or so to invest in tech debt. The real question is like, why are we investing in the tech debt? If we're not expressing the reason for investing in tech debt in terms that the rest of the organization can understand it is kind of like we're going off doing our own thing. It's the same exact thing as product asking for a feature that doesn't seem to make any sense. No one wants to work on it. We don't think customers are going to use it. It's the same deal. And so this is part of like the, the the framing that I think needs to change. Everybody needs to be focused on the outcome. And if you can't express why working on this tech debt is going to move the needle on something that we care about in relatively near term or long term but in some way that uh, a different part of the organization would understand like maybe it doesn't make sense to do yeah that's that's an interesting
0: for me because when you when you start thinking about it like that like there's it's really about waste and like minimizing that and like being customer focused And you could think about ways that, like, you're saying, like, you know, product could be not customer-focused, but they're like, oh, this is going to be the best possible thing. And it doesn't matter what the customer thinks, which works sometimes for Apple. (laughs) Um, Or, like, design They're like, oh, this is going to be the best possible design. It's going to have the best, like, toggles and, like, animations and whatever and... But like, you yeah. Know, what
1: basis? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And do, like- do do other people believe in it, or is that your pet project? And like, I think this is not about trying to shift the responsibility to someone else. I actually think the reality is that is that tech debt is a way for a lot of engineering teams to relax some of their responsibility. I think they really need to take on. If I have someone coming to my house to build a load bearing wall. I want the person coming up to me and saying, like, should I use this type of wood or this type of wood? Like, <laughs> I want I want the wall to work. <laughs> I want the wall to do all things. <laughs> right. Don't tell me you're gonna like come back next year and you know, like there, there's there's a there's a little bit of allowing this conversation to happen is also like kicking the can on the responsibility, you know, talking about making like facing the reality that the estimates could have been wrong and just owning up to that and, you know, there's an element there.
2: Going back to your example, Dane, on the house, right? You want to build the wall, the walls of your house. You want to build the walls of your house with materials that are going to do wall things, right? Keep people out of your house, hang things up on the wall, that kind of stuff. And if you choose the... Crappier wall materials, then you're not going to get good things, right? Like your wall is going to fall apart. Essentially, I have a question though. A lot of places, and this is this will probably ring true to a lot of listeners, and they're working at a particular code base that requires some form of framework update or upgrade, right? I'll use a, a, you know, you want to update. This is not out right now at the moment, but say Facebook React now. They figured out a way to make function components or stateless components to actually render faster, right? Because like Facebook is saying, hey, everyone use stateless components whenever necessary, because in the future, we're going to (laughs) render things faster by doing that. But right now, it's not happening. It's the dream. Right. (laughs) What do I tell? And then so then I have all these components that I haven't been using stateless components for. How do I sell that to the organization? Like, hey, we need to go back and make all these components stateless, like or functional. Like, what what do we do? Like, how does that work?
1: <laughs> well, all right. So a couple of things. Like, first off, that may I might not even agree that that would be a good sell. So let's let's start saying that maybe like this is this is the thing we should do. I think an important an important onus on the engineering group or even just yourself is to present stakeholders with choices. So, rather than it being simply, I see the ideal way and there's a way to get it done faster if we cut corners. Right. Instead, presenting, you know, this is a way, this is what I could deliver to you quickly. This is what I could deliver to you with a more heavy investment. Right. And these are some of the maybe the future benefits that come with it. So, when you're talking about the, you know, a a a faster render time, Right. right? You know, I would, in that case, if this is going to be a significant investment, right? So it actually merits doing some of this analysis. You'd want right. to look at what, the, how that moves the needle. Like, right. how does how does the app is is performance a key thing that anyone cares about right now?
0: Right. Yeah. You okay. Are there, are there particular like pages that are very slow that right. could be improved? Is this
1: an initiative? And if it if it is, then like you can kind of express this investment in those terms. If it's not, then maybe it's actually just you know it'd be something you'd like to do, but it doesn't really make sense for the business. And I think developers need to to be more aware of that.
2: I think the example I gave could be flipped in a way that we can present it to the business and say, hey, if we spend X amount of time making these functional components, we will increase or decrease the render speeds by 40%. Right? And like, oh, wow, our page loads 40% faster. That'd be great. Here's one. Suppose I'm working at a code base that's in Java 6. And we're at Java 8. It's just harder. I haven't done any Java in a long time, listener. But, like, suppose like Java <laughs> I think 8 on 11 now? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, so Java 8, maybe one, we're at 6, just to give you an idea. We're at Java 6, and we need to upgrade because this application has been serving customers for many years now. Would you also have to sell that with, oh, there has to be some like key performances? We have to speak the language of the product manager is that what you're saying like all the the business yeah
1: and i think what you're getting at is like fundamentally these are primarily technical problems right they don't necessarily have a a direct customer interface you know how do you have a conversation about those things and i think the reality is that you can even just taking your example right there are things that would be valuable to the business by upgrading to a more modern version of java not only you know being uh, having an easier time onboarding new engineers if the company is growing, but maybe the company is concerned about security vulnerabilities. Like, mm-hmm. like I think looking around for the touch point that actually matters to the business and getting everyone aligned is very valuable. If you can't find the touch point, it's probably not valuable. I see. But I I think and and like tying it all back into tech debt, I feel like tech debt becomes a placeholder for that conversation that I think absolutely needs to be happening you know, we'll, we'll say, oh, this is tech debt. We have to invest in it at some point. And the choice laid out for people who, who are making decisions about this is, do I invest in tech debt or do I move forward? And it's not a either or, like investing in the tech debt should be moving forward. Right. But how do we express it in those terms? And I think engineering needs to be a lot more involved in those conversations and they're not today because we have convenient terms to throw everything into a bucket.
2: So, do away with the tech that you're saying, just have the conversation straight up. This is what we need to do. These are our options.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really important strategy is sitting down yourself and figuring out how can I frame at least two options out of this decision? Mm. You know, if I'm doing the quick choice, let me frame the long choice completely. Right. I think that that's important. I think anything less, anything on a smaller scale... That you think is not worth doing that for, you should just do right that shouldn't even be a conversation that's like that's like the guy build uh, the the guy or girl building the house right you know like if he has to go buy nails like go buy nails yeah, you yeah know? Don't, nails. don't ask me for permission yeah, yeah. to go buy nails yeah right yeah and I guess like
0: also like in the trade off of considering like the quick way or the the right way like it's often like oh i can i can do this implementation like in a really small change set like i can do it like you know in a one line fix but it's going to be gross and it's going to make complexity increase at this one point whereas i could like refactor and spread out that complexity and make future changes maybe a
1: little bit easier but you don't you may not know what those future changes are right so that type of thing so that's an interesting point because that's something that's really difficult to promote to having a general conversation about. Like other people can't really weigh in on that that call, right? And <laughs> yeah, that's it's ultimately personal. like that's like your craft, right, right. there. That I, I think the the reality is is that sometimes when there's like really high amounts of uncertainty and we have these convenient tools that we reach for, it's easy to try and delegate that decision. I think that happens a lot. Whereas you know. The reality is sometimes you just gotta make a call.
2: Gotta make that call. Do it for the sake of the business. I think uh one thing that Dane has been mentioning is just try to frame whatever this tech debt is for the sake of the organization and see if they if like either they'll lose money or like they'll lose customers and that kind of stuff. Or or as you mentioned before, like retention. You know, if you want to increase if you want to increase uh, individuals to to consistently stay in this code base, and you want to ensure that the we're still providing value to the customer. We also have to find reasons why these tech debt. And I'm doing the the the, the, quotes.
1: Air, the air quotes. You can see. i <laughs> the
2: quotes. But this tech debt has to get paid down. But right then and there, not like leave it for future Mike to deal with it. Because like I always think of tech debt as. Is this decision going to cost the company something? Right. I mean, the product manager, project manager, C-suite individuals, they talk money, right? Like, it, that's what it comes down to. Like, are we going to make more money doing this, less money doing this? And it's like, if this is difficult to understand, or if we're using this really obtuse framework, it's going to be hard for to get engineers into the door to actually enjoy working here, to actually crank out these features. I think we need to do that because we'll lose... The amount of time it takes to do something and money is important. Time is money. See, now it's,
1: it, it's, and I'm already loving hearing you talk about that because now we know why we're doing it. Right. Like a lot of times the tech debt, it really does turn into this, this, this thought that it's just engineering having fun or making their life easier. <laughs> right. Like that kind yeah. of sucks. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and one thing to touch on too, what you're talking about, like, for uh, for a lot of organizations, I guess it really should be about money, or like they right. should be reasoning about you know how do they deliver maximum value to their customers. Right. But I think the the you know for for all the listeners out there, you're probably in organizations that are various stages of development on that cycle. Yeah, and sometimes the the organization itself doesn't even reason about their problems well. And so I think when you're in that type of environment. One of the things that would be interesting to try, this is an experiment. Just try it. If you find yourself reasoning about tech debt, find a way to frame it in a way that's valuable to the stakeholders closest to you. So it doesn't, you don't have to go all the way full hawk to this is how we move the needle for the business. Right. That's kind of like the ideal. <laughs> but <laughs> but like, you know, have that conversation with like, you know, like have the talking about building trust, have an honest conversation with the product owner about like, what they really care about right now, how you can deliver most value and then talk to them about the problems you're facing.
2: Right. Yeah. And,
1: and like, and work with them to find the reason, the drive to do it. So it's not just like when we get permission, we go do it.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I like, I like that too. And it brings it back to the take that and trust thing. So it's like, just trust. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> just trust. <laughs> Cause, just, cause just trust. We're not saying that word again. From this point forward Ooh, yeah, in the podcast, yeah, yeah. It's, it's stop a, destroying trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just we're not going to say this that a word. F- mm-hmm, it's a, it's a, mm-hmm, it's just. You, you know? gotta do this thing, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be—it's yeah. gonna
2: be really complex because of the. Mm-mm.
0: There you go. You can yeah, fill in the right,
2: words. Right. We gotta stop it. We gotta stop saying the word all together. Let's yep. do it together. You know, you I,
1: want, you I need your that, help. <laughs> I need your help, please. It's gonna if, be so great. If you want to hear that word
0: again, you know, listen to episode sixty-seven uh, mm-mm and trust, <laughs> <laughs> or episode nineteen. Just, just playing. Just playing. <laughs> awesome. Awesome.
2: And we so we spent the last couple of minutes talking about them. Mm-mm. And Dane, how can people contact you so they can share their experiences? You know, dealing with oh you know, man, yeah. Stuff? I mean,
1: I would absolutely <laughs> love to have conversations about these sort of things. Uh, like I said, I just recently relocated to New York, so coffee is great. But you can reach out to me on all the things: LinkedIn, Twitter, GitHub, Stack Overflow. My handle is the Dino.
2: Uh, the the, the D-Node,
1: yeah. T-H-E-D-E-E-N-O. All right, cool. Awesome. Is it like Rat Pack? No.
0: <laughs> it's,
1: <laughs> it's a nickname from childhood. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, just, it's not quite as cool that as that. Nice. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now, however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.